Welcome to a special episode of our Rainmaker Multiplier On Demand series brought to you by Clarity to Prosperity. For more information on the Rainmaker Multiplier process and a list of all podcasts in this series, visit ClarityToProsperity.com. Thank you for joining me today. Uh, I think you all know that one of my passions in the business is scheduling and being part of C2P, we're always trying to get or look for ways that we can help you grow your business. And because scheduling is really number one, it's the number one activity in your office, it might not be the focus as number one activity in your office, but it should be the number one activity in your office because without appointments, there's just really no growth. So today when I'm talking about uncovering gold or opportunities within your client base, I wanna first ask some questions so I can get a feel for where all of you are. So I'm gonna ask the questions, have you write down the answers and then who knows who I'm gonna call on to just see what they have to say. So the goal is that we're gonna turn prospects and prospects to me are someone you met with, spoke with and or were in front of a room with. We wanna turn prospects into clients and then we want those clients to turn into referrers. So they become your raving fans and they're constantly referring people to you. So my first question that I'm gonna throw out there is how many prospects and remembering that prospects are people that you met with, spoke with, but have not done business with. How many prospects do you have in your CRM? I'm just gonna have you write answers. Question two, what is your consistent, the word consistent is in there, your consistent process to turn those prospects into clients? Next is how much do you spend per year on marketing? And based on what you spend per year on marketing, what's your ROI? And the last question is how many referrals do you get per month? Okay, so I ask these questions first because when we're looking for opportunities in our client base, I feel a lot of you spend a good chunk of money on a yearly basis for marketing, seminars, webinars, workshops, whatever it might be. And then what is that ROI? So Charles, good to see you again. We were just with each other last week, was it, in Canyon Ranch? Um, Charles, how many prospects do you have in your system? So prospects, people that you met with, spoke with, haven't done business with. I'd say 50 to 100. Okay. And then do you have a consistent process that you're keeping in touch with them to turn them into clients? Uh, to be honest with you, no. Uh, it, we have a system, but it's not, we're not working it. Joe, how many do you have? Prospects. Haven't yeah. looked in a while, but probably around a hundred. Okay. Uh, good ones in there. Maybe I'd say thirty to sixty. Okay. How many? Yeah, how many? Fifty-five. Fifty-five. <laughs> right there, you go. Frank, how uh, many do you have? I'd say about uh, forty. Okay, and Peter. I knew you were going to call on me, Gina, <laughs> and I'm trying to trying to get Corey on his side. Corey, what do we got? <laughs> you know, I, I think the harder part for us is like 
the definition of the prospect. Like we, I, originally I said 200 off the top of my head. And these are people that we've, you know, from seminars and just people we have in the system, but so many of them have been blocking up our system. So I think the real active ones that we have, it's probably 20 to 25 that, you know, we're, okay. we're, we've been in touch with and there's some stuff going on with them now, but we have to do a better job of probably maybe defining what a prospect is and what a suspect is, I think. Yes, and the reason I'm asking the question is because going back to your number of 200, I do believe that people have way more in their CRM than they think they do. And the reason being is if we are cherry picking who we're calling or what we're doing with them, then they're not gonna really turn into clients. And I know a lot of you use campaigns. And I think campaigns keep your name in front of them, but how many of those people actually just pick up the phone and call you? So in order for that campaign, which you're spending money on, in order for that campaign to turn into opportunities or turn those prospects into clients, I'm still of old school and those phone calls. And a way to really work your client base, like some of you might call your clients quarterly, semi-annually, or annually, depending on if they're A, Bs, or Cs, or whatever you're doing with them, which I think is a great way to do it. You've got a system with clients. However, you need a system with your prospects. And the more that you're reaching out to them, ultimately, you're going to get them out of the system. You're going to eliminate the dead weight or you're gonna convert them to a client, or you can get them re-engaged by attending one of your workshops, webinars, seminars, whatever it is you do. So I look at the prospect, prospects being called at least twice a year. And however you decide that you wanna call them, the key thing is most people, and I talk to a lot of offices under C2P, most people will call someone twice, and if there's no response, they just move them forward. And then three months or six months later, they call them twice and then they move them forward. That's never going to change. Or you actually get a hold of them. And when you get a hold of them, they say, nothing's changed. Call me in six months. Nothing's changed. Call me in six months. Well, when you keep doing that, nothing changes either. So I'm a firm believer that we should be leaving three messages. And those messages should be every three days. And the message needs to be more like I'd like to reconnect or depending on where you um, connected with them, I'd like to ask a couple of questions relating to where you are with social security, like give them some meat, but make it about them. And the more you make it about them, you're gonna get a return phone call, especially if you leave three messages. However, after you leave three messages, don't stop there, send an email. I mean, an email goes a long way. And the email could be, I left a couple of messages. I understand that you're busy. I feel it's really important to finish the conversation on social security or whatever it might be. Is this a good time to connect? Now, when I say, is this a good time? That is a closed question. When might be a better time for us to connect is an open question. You're looking for them to respond to you. So if you end the email with an open-ended question, when might be a good time? How would you like me to reach out to you? Something along those lines, you're going to get some kind of response. 
The key thing is if you do move them forward, let's say you leave three messages and then you go to uh, sending an email and then you move them forward six months. One of the most important things is documenting in your CRM, like called three times, sent an email, no response, called three times, sent an email, no response. Because at some point I might want to leave a message and just say, let's say I'm calling Joe and I say, hi, Joe, it's Gina with John Jones. Can you believe it's been two years that we've been trying to connect with you and we haven't given up? Do you think we should now? Like if they call back and say, yes, get the dead weight out. Or if you send an email and say the same thing, get the dead weight out. Because if you're looking at that to turn into opportunities, it's only going to turn into opportunities if we go after it. And I guarantee you, if you're consistently calling them and almost not letting them off the hook, you're calling them more than the advisor that they work with because most of them cherry pick. Does that make sense to everybody? Thoughts, questions, feedback? Jump in. This is about you guys turning gold into opportunities here. Hey, okay. Gina, I have a question. I had a quick, a quick comment on that because I just finished the Social Security seminar and we have so many leads. I don't know what to do with them all, but we're going to do the the three. I think you said three messages and then an email after, and then keep following up as you just said. Um, I think it's a great yes. strategy and, uh, you know, people are, people have booked appointments and then there's that, that after I have the appointment, there's some follow-up there as well. So uh, do you have any comments on, you know, after I have a good meeting, how to manage that? Okay. So I'm going to go backwards one step. Um, whenever you do a workshop, webinar, seminar, whatever it might be, everybody that registered should be called including those that didn't show up. We're finding calling those that didn't show up are scheduling appointments. They have burning questions. There was a reason why they signed up. Why they didn't show up, who knows? And I'm not saying all of them. If there were 10 that were no-shows, that 10 are going to schedule. But if four or five of them schedule, that could be worth the gold that we're talking about here. So call people that didn't show up and it's a it's a quick call. We missed you at our workshop, webinar, whatever it might be. We do wanna be sure you're well cared for. Please call me back at XYZ. And then you can either get them scheduled to someone in your office and maybe do that right fit call. And, or they might say, now it's not a good time and have them on the list for the next one that you're doing. Would you like to attend our next workshop? And if you know the date, then you can do that. Then of course, you've got the people that are there and they schedule. And then there are people that are there that maybe left, they didn't schedule, maybe they weren't interested, but those are the ones that I feel that should still go into your system. I know that some people believe they shouldn't go in the system unless you actually connect with them. But if you're gonna work it, this is a long game here. It's not gonna be quick fixes. If it were quick fixes, everybody would be doing this on a daily basis. So if you actually put them into the system, let's say you do try the three times and you send an email, and again, you can be a little bit more creative when somebody attended and maybe using some keywords that would entice them to respond to you. And if they don't respond, then I don't, it's up to you if you move them forward three months or you move them forward six months, but then start with phone calls. 
even if you're doing campaigns in the interim. And then the other piece I will say, for those of you that are doing campaigns, when you are doing a workshop or a webinar or a seminar, I would definitely call those people before you're doing anything and invite them. And if you don't reach them, send an email. Nick Ryland's office did that. And what actually happened is people just showed up. He was over capacity. So when you're reaching out and the consistency is there, this is the name of the game, consistency. When the consistency is there, they don't think that you're just doing the quick fix. They really look at it as the commitment that you're looking to make with them and the longevity that they're going to have with you. Does that answer your question? Excellent. Yes, it does. Thanks so much for that. I appreciate it. And then the other piece is um, I know a lot of you in various offices are looking to have somebody do your right fit calls. The key thing is whomever in your office is making the outbound calls to schedule the appointment, which you know that I don't think it should be you. You're the surgeon. You just show up for surgery. So if someone else is making those calls in your office, they have more time than you to call every three days and to really engage and nurture that relationship. And then, and asking them questions because they're not a salesperson and they only look at you, the advisor as a salesperson. So if someone else is making those calls, I think it could go a long way. But again, the consistency needs to be there. So after you put them in the system, and let's say you call them every six months, at two-year mark is where I feel like this is really dead weight. And that's where you need to ask the question. I've been keeping in touch with you for two years. What needs to change for us to reconnect again? Because if we ask that question, they might say nothing. You know, they've just been pushing you along the whole time. Then again, we're getting that out. If they say, no, I want you to keep in touch with me. Well, in order to do so, you need to come in. Like we need to guide them down the path, then them tell us what to do. So those are all things related to the workshop. And I'm going to go backwards one step. Matt, Gary, and I um, had a call, I guess that was two days ago. Uh, and one of the things we were talking about was the demographics of those that attend your webinars, seminars, or workshops, really work with your marketing company and have them narrow down as much as possible to get exactly what you want. Because I know some of you, they attend and then you're doing the right fit call and you don't feel they're a right fit. And that seems like a waste of time. But if there's 10 people that are not a right fit and one is, that's the name of the game but you got to play that long game. And sometimes timing is everything. So if we really look at it from a timing standpoint, we're going to have more opportunities. Built on the foundation of the award-winning bucket plan process, Clarity to Prosperity's proven processes, training, and coaching can help you increase your revenue. If you are a growth-minded, independent financial advisor, you qualify for a free copy of the bucket plan book. Go to clarity2prosperity.com forward slash offer to get your free book today. That's clarity2prosperity.com forward slash offer. But I also want to come back to how much you spend per year in marketing. You want to throw that in chat for me? 
most of what I spend on marketing is really just staying in touch, uh, like FMG and posts, emails, uh, the Snappy Kraken, um, you know, their their funnel programs, things like that. So it's uh, we're, we haven't been doing webinars uh, or seminars. So it, it is just keep in touch. I guess that is why it seems that everyone coming in has been a referral. That's good. I, I love referrals. Um, and Tim, uh, if I can call on you, please. You said 20000 a year. Do you know what your ROI is? Oh, ROI. Um, it's probably a uh, 500%. 100%? No, 500. Oh. Probably five times what I spend, if, if not more than that. Okay. So you feel what you're doing is really coming into the dollars that you're looking for? Oh, definitely. Yeah. Okay. And then Julie, you said 20,000 as well. Do you feel the same? Um, Definitely. Okay. And tell me, Julie, what do you do? How do you feel that you're really turning it? What are your steps? Um, so I teach uh, the AFIA classes and um, I, I do it a smidge different. I don't do a right fit call. Um, I have people come into the office regardless because I teach Social Security and Medicare. So one way or another, there's usually something we're going to help them with. Yeah, I, I figured out when they come in, whether or not they're a good fit, uh, ask them to bring financials with them and they do. So I kind of skipped that part of it. I know you guys are probably gonna kick me, kick me off the call. <laughs> not following protocol. No, 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 um, no. I think it's it, great. It's it working works. for you. <laughs> it works. It works. I just feel like even if they're not, if they have, if they come in the office and they're a right fit, and if it's not the right time, at least we've developed a relationship and we spend another hour together after we spent two hours in the class. And I think that makes them a little bit stickier. So I, I'm continuing to follow that, that pattern that I use. And if it's not a right fit for them at this mm -hmm. point, what right. is your follow-up after that? Uh, very poor, mm. <laughs> very poor. Um, I'm not doing a good job of that at all, unfortunately. Uh, that's one of the areas that need improvement. I'll call okay. them. I'll call them afterwards a couple times, but then I, you know, I move on to my next client and I don't spend, too, I, I, I know I need to improve it though. Yes. And again, just a small improvement. It could even be somebody else in your office that's following yeah. up if it's three months, six months, and just having that phone call. Um, is there anything we can do for you at this time? And if somebody says yes, then it goes into an appointment, be it a phone call or face-to-face. -face. But again, you've worked hard in the very beginning. And if you're converting a lot of it, there's still are diamonds in the rough there. It's just a matter of timing. Correct. I, and I did. I just hired somebody that's starting in October, and that's going to be part of his job. Perfect. Perfect. Because anybody in your office, um, they would not need to spend more than an hour a day making outbound calls. And that depends on how many appointments you want to get in a day. Go ahead, Joe. So I think we've had four people go through your revenue resource training and there has been such consistency in it. So it's not, we've one of the things we've had, we've never had as many people to call as other people that have been in the training but the percentage 
that's actually booked and their meaningful appointments has been so important. And I can't imagine what would have happened if, if we didn't have the system in place and the follow-ups. They would have just dropped off. I don't know, you know, I don't know what would have happened to them. So it's nice to know the consistency is there. And we've been picking up a few more present you know, from doing some odd presentations, picking up a few more new prospects. And they're kind of not obviously you're not getting as many of them scheduled, but it's interesting to see how they start moving. And that never would have happened. We would have just been sending them information and social media posts and such, waiting for them to call. So even if it were just you know one out of six or one out of ten that gets booked, those are people that would not have happened. And right. it, it's the process that's making that work. Right, right. And then with all of what we're just talking about, uh, one of the questions I also asked is how many referrals do you get per month? And to me, again, this is almost non-existent in a lot of offices. We're spending a lot of marketing dollars. We know two people that are getting a good ROI um, on the marketing that they're doing. But I believe that every time you're in front of someone and they're a right fit for you, they're a perfect opportunity for you to ask for a referral and either someone that they're going to refer into you and or that they feel would be good fits to attend one of your webinars, seminars or workshops because they hang out with people their age. And there's a lot of people that are dying for education. So how do you get them in the seat? That can be over and above what your marketing company is doing for you. If you can get 10 more people there, but they're qualified in a different way, and it might be an easier way for somebody to refer instead of you calling and trying to get them in. Well, not you calling, someone in your office calling to get them in for an appointment. What are the questions, thoughts? Tim, if I can come back to you while people are pondering questions, um, what is your follow-up? So once you're spending that money and you're do you are getting a good ROI, but what's your process overall? Well, the folks that come in, uh, you know, there's a number that go on to a planning trail. So we're, you know, that's just an engagement. Then we have those folks that, you know, say they're interested, but the timing isn't quite right. So we have to keep keep in touch with them and there's a, a number of methods to do that one is as you say you know leave the three messages but then there's follow-up emails just to get those appointments but there's also that content of you know their elements in the social security seminar like a sequence of return risks there are things that we'd want to emphasize because they're really striking home with clients so getting them on an email list to follow up and 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 continuously send content to keep them kind of engaged in what I call on the bubble, you know, of, of in, you know, interested in what we're doing here. Um, I'm trying to figure out on that front because we're also using a FIA and it's somewhat new process for me using a FIA. It's been quite good uh, because I think people are attracted to the nonprofit aspect of that program is how to follow up either through a FIA or through my firm, which is Waypoint Financial. So um, yeah, I'm a little conflicted in that area and I have to figure that one out. I don't know if anybody else has any uh, insights on that, but um, you know, so it's uh, having, and we're, we're using uh, video content. We're putting that on our website, a uh, blog post, you know, things that will continuously engage clients and, 
and keep them interested. So it, it, it actually allows my assistant to follow up with some, you know, personalized, uh, you know, what did you think about what you might've seen recently or, you know, kind of like the way the annuity companies are calling and saying, hey, uh, you know, did you see our rates went up recently? Right, right. I think that's great. And maybe if you're doing a video, there's two or three questions that are very specific that someone is asking. And I'm always of the belief that we have to make it about them. If I'm not saying that you do this in your um, videos, Tim, but I've seen some that it's like me, me, me. This is what I do. This is how I do it versus this is the benefit for you or you're giving them two or three ideas that are going to make them really ponder what you're saying and therefore a follow-up call is going to be accepted greatly because like I want more and that's exactly what we're hoping that they're going to get out of anything that has some benefit to you. And I see that someone asked a question about the ROA calculator. Matt, maybe you can just jump in on that one. Uh, yeah, we can make that available. Everybody. We actually have uh, a sample scorecard like a marketing scorecard as part of the marketing plan course in the LMS, but we can always take that out and send it to everybody, just the scorecard part. Uh, but then we have the sales and marketing tracker as well. And that is a little more global to track campaigns in general and know what your spend is to uh, the, the end result that you're tracking there, whether that's number of new clients, AUM uh, or actual revenue. It can be adapted to each of those. So we can get that out to everybody. But yeah, those are available on the LMS. Perfect. Any other questions from anyone? Yeah, Gina, quick question here, if you don't mind. Just how do you Please. feel about the occasional bomb bomb email video? Or let's say I say, hey, by the way, Gina, I know when you met, we you talked about three things that were important to you, security, leaving work, and controlling taxes. If those things are so important to you, we, you know, we can follow up then. Or if they're not important, anything's changed, let me know. And is that is that a similar follow-up paradigm like to what you talked about or should something be done different if you're using bomb bomb email video as a personal way to still get the messages out no i love bomb bomb videos i think you can definitely get a message out i'm a firm believer that if we send it out we should have a follow-up phone call by someone because again you put the effort into it you are addressing them and maybe instead of those three things maybe you reverse it from their perspective like what might they be missing? What do they need to know? What's going to help them ponder what you're saying and therefore want to have a follow-up phone call or meeting with you? So the more you make it about them, you know, you're you're throwing out, um, have you ever thought about this? Are you struggling with this? You know, like whatever it might be, it's going to be relatable to them versus them feeling you're telling them what you're doing. And then again, a phone call, and let's just say that I'm in your office and I'm making that phone call and there might be one or two questions like, I hope you got a chance to see Frank's bomb bomb video or just video. Uh, any questions I can help you with? Was there anything that resonated with you? You know, you're getting a feel for where they are. Would you like to schedule a time or I'd like to schedule a time for you to reconnect with Frank. Would you like to do it by phone or face-to-face? -face? And if they're like, no, 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 and when's a better time for me to reach out? Like we always want to end with the ball in our court. When would be a better time to reach out? So if you mention you will do a follow-up call in the email message, the video message that is, then when you follow up the call, you can say, I'm calling as promised. So it makes you look probably more credible. I'm just asking. Yes. Thoughts yes. Great. Yes. 
Very good. The Rainmaker Multiplier On Demand Series is brought to you by Clarity to Prosperity, a financial training, coaching, and IP development organization led by financial advisors, coaches, and business leaders committed to taking a holistic approach to advising. To learn more about our organization and upcoming training opportunities for financial professionals, visit ClarityToProsperity.com. At the time of delivery and any subsequent publishing, information was deemed reliable but is subject to change by the time of listening. The contents of this piece include the opinions and projections of C2P, are subject to change, and are for informational purposes only. The information provided in this presentation is not intended to be individual investment, tax, or legal advice.